uh, we've been talking about a series of freeing love. And what I'd like to do in, in, in the book of James, we're going to just take the first chapter and see where it takes us. But I want to start today by one thing. And I want us to know this. Uh, God's love for you will not let you stay where you are now. And just remember that. On all the things I say, God's love for you does not want you to stay where you are. And so we have to be willing to open our lives up to things that may not understand. Are, you, are we there? Lord, let me lean not on what I understand. Please, please Lord, let, let me trust you with all my heart, all my heart, so I don't lean on what I try to understand. Because you know what? That, that'll stop me from growing. And I don't want any person, including myself, to stop growing. Because his goal for me is far better than I've ever and so what I want to do is trust in him. So let's just keep that in our minds. Lord, you have much more for me. I don't want to stay where I'm at. No matter what you allow to come in my life, I will not remain the same. And so we talked about the mirror and the mirror image. We talked about that. And then we talked about 27 verses in James that we're going to talk about. 27, and we're going to take our time. Last week, or the week before, because we have missionaries talk with last week. That's Andrea and Stephanie Rosen that came in last week. We thank them so much for coming. And so we want to get back into James first. And this is what we talked about. Uh, Consider it all joy, my brother, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Now, I'm going to stop right there. How many people say they have faith in Jesus? Okay. If you say you have faith in Jesus, faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. So what we're going to do today when we bring God's word, guess what it does inside of us? It brings faith. And so what happens when the word of God is planted in you, faith rises up, but then God says, I'm going to test the faith that you have. And so that's really what solidifies that. You may know God's word. Faith has come by that word, but to know it, to know it, to stand on and trust in it, he's got to allow trials to come our way. And the trials solidify that faith. And so what we want to know is, so, okay, for various trials will come our way, and it's a testing of our faith, but that faith will do something. When God tests it in fire, it produces what? Endurance. Now, about you, I, I, the word endurance doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun. Is anybody exercised in this house today? We know some people like to kayak, and there'll be times that you're thinking, I'm running out of energy, Right? kayaking i mean there's a time that you get tired and endurance doesn't sound like a good word does it who here thinks that endurance is a tough word and how how do you become in exercise how do my lungs become stronger i gotta use them that means i can't just instantly feel huh, i feel i feel like i'm in shape i love it when people say well i don't know what happened i'm out of shape today and i was in shape when i was younger but now i'm out of shape what it doesn't like it happens overnight it gradually and you don't really know what's happening how you know what's happening is when you run up the stairs you get to the top going <sighs> i'm out of shape it doesn't come low it doesn't go away right but it takes time to get back to that and that's not all, that endurance is what we need it says when faith is tested it brings an endurance to us it brings something that we may not even understand, but it brings an endurance. And then we know this, when that endurance has its perfect result. Now, do you know that endurance has results? Absolutely. Who's around here? Mike, you're, st- you're still wondering, right? Still. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So- sorry to bring that up. <laughs> He'll leave the church today thinking, thank you very much for that encouragement. Yes. Yeah. Jelaine, you're the runner. 
you just finished like a half marathon. Now, everybody knows what a half marathon is, right? That's like 13.1 miles. That's the difference in my life between death and life. I'm living now. I'd be dead after that. 13.1 miles. You just did it how long ago? A month ago. And then you did one prior to that. That was your third. Is there anybody else <laughs> in the house? That, Candace, okay, you, you're a runner too, correct? When's the last time you ran? You remember? Last, <laughs> I like that. Last year. Some of us could say um, um, 10 years ago. <laughs> So you're doing pretty good. Um, I know just a couple days ago, I was able to go back to running again. It's not that I'm the best runner. Who said, who said they ran heavy? Was that you, Mike? Mike says, I ran heavy. What, what that means is, <laughs> what, is what does that mean? All the way. <laughs> so people that run, you run light. I guess there's a way to run light. You feel light. But when you don't run all the time, it's, it's heavy. But I just was able to accomplish, again, I'm trying to get back to my running again, which is coming. And, and yet when I got on the track, I can tell that I was not in shape. And it wasn't that long ago. April 2nd, we were in vacation. And I was running every day thinking, I'm going to get back in shape again. And here I am trying to get back in shape again. Anybody still saying that? I'm, trying to get back. I'm getting back in shape again. I'm going to get back in shape again. Keep saying it forever. But this endurance, when it has its perfect result, has its perfect effect on us, it brings something to us. And so, so that you will be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. And really what that means is that there's nothing in our life. Our, our faith has been tested, not that it's fun, but it's tested and it brings that endurance. And we find ourselves in a place that there's a result and I don't need. It's not like I want, I don't have any wants. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. He shall, what? I shall not be in want. And I, I really think the key there is if my Lord is my shepherd, if I've given that rightful place and I, I submit to that lordship and I'm doing it, there's something that happens. And there's a want that doesn't seem to have control over us. So I'm thankful that it lacking nothing. There's not a want that's there. Let's go into James. Let's go into verse 5. The word lacking nothing comes over into verse number five. But it says, if you, if any of you lack wisdom, I love this one. Has anybody got this memorized? <laughs> I've got that memorized a lot. What that means is it comes up all the time. If anyone lacks wisdom, it says what? Let him ask of God. So it says you're lacking nothing, but if you do lack, if you find yourself in a place of lack, then you need what? You need wisdom. So any here, anybody here is lacking? Nobody's, we got that endurance happening where it's, it's making an effect, but it's like, oh, we still, we're still striving, so there's still something in our life that we're looking for, and so what it means is that there's a lack. And so if anyone lacks wisdom, he says, let them ask of God. And he gives, and I love this, who gives all generously without reproach. And it will be given to him. Now, I had to look at this. It says, okay, if I lack wisdom, it's okay. He, I'm going to come to him. And he says, if, he says, and he gives generously without reproach. Now, what does that mean? What does it mean? Generously means giving without dividing. 
openly, literally unfolded, holding nothing back. Now, who thinks that God's got amazing things? <laughs> How many people believe that God's got all kinds of amazing things? And he says, I will hold nothing back. So what wisdom does is it just opens up this avenue of, hmm, where is that going to take me? Can I remain the same? Can I remain the same if God says, I'll give to you generously, and all you need to do is ask for wisdom, and I'm here to give it generously? And it says, without reproach. Now, I don't know about you, but that word is very interesting. Without fault, some translations would say. And it says, without reproach, fall from favor or lose a position or power or honor. He has been publicly disgraced for offenses of which he was not guilty. Who's guilty in here? I'll raise my hand first. <laughs> Am I entitled to all God's grace? Based on what? Based on Jesus. Then you know that that declaration right there says, if I put my faith in Christ Jesus, there is all kinds of grace that comes my way. Do you know that you can stop that very thing? That tells me that if I lack wisdom, if I'm not going to go to him and ask him and trust in that, then I can hold back. I could be the one holding back if I'm not willing to open my mind and my heart to him. Now, who... Here he says, without reproach, without disgrace, without losing my position of power or honor. He says, now who here thinks they're in a position when they give their life to Christ? Who believes that because you gave your life to Christ, there is a position he's given you? And his inheritance he's given you. He's given you all of this. And then you're in a place in your life that you're not sure what to do and you don't ask him. And you're not willing to say, Lord, I know and I trust you, so I'm going to come before you because I know you're a generous God. And you're going to give me everything that I need. And all i got to do is ask you. And you're not going to, you're going to give generously, but you're not going to hold fault against me. And all of us have them. And he's not going to hold one of those faults. So what is the real key? Does it mean that you have to have perfect life to get this? That means, oh, I'm only looking for those perfect people. I'll give you wisdom. No, he says this. Even if you have faults. I'm a generous God, and I'm going to give it to you. All you need to do is what? <laughs> oh, my goodness. All you've got to do is ask? To me, how, how difficult is that? I mean, in my life right now, and I'll tell you right now, I need wisdom. And, I, and when I lack it, though I'm supposed to lack nothing, honestly, Scripture tells me, but if I do lack, what, what do I really need? I need a change right here. And I need God to give me wisdom. And he says, Jim, I'm going to generously give it to you. And I'm not going to hold any fault against you. Not about you, but that's good news. That's good news. And all I need to do is ask. See, it's hard for me to handle. That, that is... <laughs> generously giving without fault that I carry. See how easy that is. Now, who's going to ask today? Who's going to find themselves in a position today 
and say, you know what, I, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Who always knows what to do? I can tell you right now that it's not going to happen. So why don't we do this? Why don't we test that out? Do you think it's okay for us to test God's word? We don't put him to test. All we're going to say so is, if this is true, Lord, which I know it is, I'm going to do it today. I'm going to do it today. How many people are going to ask for God's wisdom today? Because you know and I know today you're going to need it. <laughs> you're going to need it. I'm going to need it. I'm going to need it today. And I just love that scripture without reproach. Let's go on. It says, but he must ask. Uh-oh. Now there's something about asking. Okay, here's the key. This is where it might get tricky. Okay, it's easy as asking, right? We can ask him, Lord, I ask for your wisdom today. Now it says this, but he must ask in faith without any doubting. For the one who doubts is like what? The surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Okay. Can we do this? Who, may, who believes they can ask? Okay. Everybody has a mouth who can sing. Maybe not sing, but who can speak? <laughs> let them speak. We can all ask. But let me ask you a question. Can we ask without doubting? Now, what does that mean? Can we ask God for wisdom that we know he has, that I know I need without doubting? Now, we have to separate ourselves from what's going on just for a moment. Who here tends to make up stories when they think about things that happen? Honey, you're supposed to raise your hand on that one. <laughs> just kidding. I just threw you under the bus, didn't I? I didn't mean to do that. Who here tends to, tends to worry? Because you're thinking of things that could happen, right? Now, when you're asking, <laughs> nobody else is, I saw, Jelaine was back there. I saw your hand go up. And Barbie, okay, Sue, there's four of you. Okay, four ladies. If you ask God, then you can't doubt what you're asking for. Now you're thinking, God, I know you're going to give me wisdom, so I'm asking for that. Just, no, no. What would doubt be, that he can't give it to you? Or that you can't separate your mind from the problem. So we, we, Lord, I need your wisdom, so bring it on. And if you do it in a billboard, that's fine with me. <laughs> but don't do it through my wife telling me. No, if a billboard's okay, but not my wife telling me. Okay, let's get serious. <laughs> and then we start to throw out fleece, like fleece and say, okay, if it comes this way, I'll believe it. If you do this, Lord, then I'll think that you're in the middle of this. I got to know it's your plan. Is that doubt? I got to know it's you. Is that doubt? But he who asks in faith, what is faith? Isn't faith about what's unseen? So he that asks in faith without any. <laughs> Without any. <laughs> I have a problem with that. Anybody else have a problem with that? That's James speaking. Who has a problem without any? Without any. That means I can't even think. <laughs> I'm not allowed to think. He says, Jim, I'm giving you free will. And don't go by your motion. Okay. One who doubts is like a surf of the sea, tossed and driven by the wind. So i got to look at who doubts. Let's do this real quickly. The word says this. The one who doubts... It is used of a person whose mind wavers in uncertainty without hope and fear. But I'm sorry, between hope and fear, 
between doing and not doing what is right. So if I ask for wisdom, God grants the wisdom to me generously without fault, and I'm supposed to hear that wisdom, and then I'm supposed to act on that wisdom. And as soon as I act, see, wisdom is not just a thought. Is it not action? So I'm going to act on the wisdom he's given me without any doubt. Now, who's, who's figured that out in their life? Who's got that down? I mean, that is, to me, there's so much truth in this, but there's so much we have to learn. Has anybody asked for something recently? Have we ever been let down by people? When you've asked for things. Not, I'd say, if anybody asks people for things lately, and not God, okay, we've all been let down. That has something to do with it, doesn't it? And okay, now we're going to ask God. Who's asked God lately for something? Okay. Now, how many people in here, when you ask God for that certain thing, have had the answer come just like that? That's good. That's not all of you. So sometimes God would say, I'm going to grant that to you, but right now you're going to... Wait. Does anybody here have problems with waiting? You know, we'll give them a day. <laughs> Lord, you're an immediate God. You read the Old Testament of God standing in there. I love this with Moses. Moses faces a huge sea, does he not? He has all of his people, they say, well, up to a million people with him. And they're all looking at him going... Moses, take the stand. And so here's, can you imagine this guy? And so he gets to a place that the sea is out there, and all of a sudden he hears a clumping of footsteps, or not footsteps, but horse steps, okay? Horse hoofs, chariots, for he sent his army. And so can you imagine? <laughs> I wouldn't want to be that guy, first of all. Sitting there, and everybody's looking at you, oh, here's the sea. Oh, it's a beach time. It's not beach time. And all of a sudden a herd thousands of warriors on chariots come your way. And all of a sudden, everybody looks at him. Take your stand, Moses. And so what does Moses say? Stand still, for the salvation of the Lord is going to be near, right? Stand still, for the salvation of the Lord is coming. And so that's good advice, is it? Was it helping them? Did the soldiers stop? And so as the soldiers kept coming, Moses does something incredible. What does he do? He stands out and let everybody hear, the million people, stand still for the salvation of the Lord is near. And he gets everybody's attention. And it sounds wonderful. And there's all kinds of truth behind it. But then he goes, the next verse, he comes and says, oh, Lord. And he cries out to God cries out to him, cries out to him. I don't mean he's negotiating. He cr he's not negotiating for Lot. He's crying out, right? And God says, go forward. Now, I don't know about you. That, that, he says, take your staff and go forward. Now, I don't know about you, but he starts to instruct him about what to do. Here's, here's the thing of wisdom. Here's what we must get to, like Moses. We must get to a place that we fully trust God's voice. And we must do exactly what he has us to do. 
But I don't know about you. He had to take the staff, hold it over, and then the, when, the, then the disease split. So he gets instructions of the Lord, but also he finds out something. He cries out to God. That's asking for wisdom, is it not? Lord, isn't this an army? Isn't this the sea? Aren't we dead? Aren't we in a position? And he says, no. Go forward. And I know about you. There's not a whole lot of forward here. Staff raises, what happens to the sea? And then who goes through? Now, salvation of the Lord did happen. And it did not God do it. But what did they have to do? Go forward. Now, here's what I'm asking. And that story, wonderful story of Moses. As there's times in your life where God says, I want you to go forward. And I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what's behind you. I don't care what's in front of you. I'm telling you to go forward. The one who doubts is a person whose mind is going like this. Well, it could be, maybe it's not. Lord, did I not ask you, and yet it's not come. Lord, is it this your will, or is it not your will? And we have these questions, what leads to doubt, and all of us struggle with this, is when do we know he's saying, Jim, move forward. What did the staff represent? Who thinks? Was it, was it a good stick? Was it the stick you I'd like to have that. Walking tall. Isn't that an old, old movie? Wouldn't that be the best stick to walk? I mean, I've got Moses' stick. What, what was the stick? What was the staff representing? Wasn't that God's authority? It was just a stick. So in our authority as born-again believers, in that power, we need to walk forward. And we're going to see amazing things happen with God. Do you guys think that is possible? James 1, let's, let's finish it up. For a man ought not to expect, this is a man that doubts, for this man not ought to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So we know what happens if we're not stable. And we know what happens when we knew thoughts of ours take us in different directions. Well, I fear, I know I'm standing in trust. No, I'm, 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 and we can't do that. That's a doubting man. And God will not answer that particular person. Here's what Matthew Henry says. I like this. The mind that has single and prevailing regard to its spiritual and internal interests and that keeps steady in its purposes for God will grow wise by afflictions, will continue fervent in devotion and rise above trials and oppositions. When our faith and spirits rise and fall with second causes, there will be unsteadiness in our words and actions. That's a pretty good rendition of what that scripture was telling us. Also, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Who says this? So what way do we count on? What way do we trust in? And I don't know about you. If we go before God and we ask for something and we're giving him a time frame or we need to see it now, we're not walking in truth, are we? For Jesus calls us to be like him. And so what we should be doing is we walk in what? Truth. We walk in his way and his life. And I don't know about you. That just con contradicts a man who's, who's wavering. For Jesus is the way, the truth, in the life. Lastly, 
For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Who spoke that one? It's Old Testament. Who's that regards to? The Lord's ways. Let's pray today. Next week, we'll get into the next part of James. But I want to be honest with you today. And uh, as I've been reading James, and I've memorized a lot of what is up here. Those words are truth. But if I don't act on those words in truth, is the truth really in me? So I don't know about you, but I have indeed struggled with this. And the reason why we're in James and we'll stay in James for a while is because I think this book can change us. I believe there's so much truth that we hear it and obey it. Faith comes by hearing the, by hearing the word of God, but faith without works is dead. So if we hear it and we obey it, I believe there's going to be transformation in our lives. I believe that. But be honest with you, and I'd like to see a, a show of hands in here. How many people here have trouble with doubt? How many people can honestly say, I've asked this of the Lord and I have not received? And right now, I doubt his healing or I doubt his provision. And it goes on and on and on. If you can honestly say, I've got that together, but just raise your hand. Who here believes that, that I, I'm doubting some of the things I've asked for, and I'm not sure? So just be honest with yourself today. In this next period of song, reflect on that. Go before the Lord. And he says this, if you ask for wisdom, I am a generous God, and I will not hold fault against you. I will grant that to you, but I want you to do something. I want you to open your ears to hear and I want your mind and your heart in obedience to this. And I don't want you to doubt what I'm saying to you. So let's do this. Let's not try to figure him out. His ways are much higher than our ways. And just say, Lord, I trust that your ways are greater, that your way is right. And I say, Father, in the name of Lord Jesus Christ, that we would align ourselves to him and not him to us. We're not going to ask him to come into my life and make it right. I'm going to say, Lord, I'm going to give up my life to be in yours. And so, Father, I pray right now that we would be honest with you, that we would evaluate our lives and said, yep, Lord, evaluate me today in those areas that I'm not fully surrendered to you, that I, I have not trusted you with all of my heart. And, Father, I know you have a straight path set for me, but, Lord, I think I'm hindering that path based on my doubt. Lord, I know if even I have one doubt in my mind and I come before you, Lord, will I, re will I receive anything? So maybe, maybe that's the weight because I have doubt. Lord, I, I pray today that we would open our hearts, we'd hear your word, and we'd be obedient to it. In Jesus' name. Let me share something with you, one last thing. We said that if God's not answered your prayer right now, and we say maybe his answer is wait, I'm going to ask you another question. If you've prayed and you've doubted and he says, I will not give anything to those who doubt, maybe your weight is because of you and not him. 
So I'm asking you today, right now, if you've asked for something, you have not seen it happen, I'm going to ask you a question. Have you doubted? Have you kept it away from you? Because he says, I will not grant that to you because of your doubts. Let's go to him today without doubt. Can we do that? I'm going to trust in you, Lord, with everything. I'm going to trust you with this situation and what your word says I'm going to trust in, and I'm not going to doubt it anymore, no matter what happens. And we'll see if your answer does not come to you. Pray that in Jesus, we ask it in Jesus' name.